Welcome to Podventure Time, the podcast where we watch Adventure Time and talk about it maybe a little bit more than a child's cartoon deserves, but that's certainly not my opinion. So uh, I'm Pat, and I'm here with my, my friend. Yeah, I'm Ben, and uh, I am slowly learning how to talk about Adventure Time. I hope you're all enjoying the podcast thus far. I've been watching now for, I guess, 11 weeks. This is episode 11 of our pod podcast, so... I am slowly becoming acclimated to the world of Ooh. I, I have a question for you right off the top here. How frequently do you think about Adventure Time when you are not watching the show or thinking about the podcast? Um, I have noticed it, not, not of my own volition, like zero times, but okay. I am noticing it in pop culture more. That was actually my second question was, um, you know, I was sort of vaguely aware of these characters and at least how they looked before right. I ever watched an episode. And so yeah. I was wondering if there's a little confirmation bias. You might be seeing Finn and Jake out there uh, more frequently. Oh, yeah. Definitely seeing them more often now. Scrolling through like Reddit, I see them there and just, yeah, just noticing them out in the world these days. Yeah, there seems to be a, maybe not enormous, but certainly, I think, passionate following of the show out there. Yeah. So, hey, all of you passionate followers of the show, we hope you found your way to to our podcast. Yeah, and I hope I'm not pissing you off or something. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm hoping that I have enough cred that, you know, just hanging out with me, you, you should be all right. All right. Don't, don't beat me up, Adventure Time fans. Yeah, I, I should I should say, you know, the reason that I asked that is because I also see the characters all the time in, in popular culture. There's like tons of merchandise, you know, Adventure Time, the lunchbox, Adventure Time, the yogurt, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I see that stuff. But then also, and, and you may have experienced this with another show or, or something that you watched, if you watch something enough, or it happens to me with books, like if I'm reading a book, so I'm putting half an hour into it a day, I start to think as though I'm reading that book whenever I'm living my life, like outside of the book. And for me, at least a while ago, not so much now, because I think I said before that, you know, my adventure time watching has kind of come down since we started the podcast, or at least there's a lot less binging on Adventure Time. Right, you're 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 reserving yourself for the the podcast. Right, but mm -hmm. I still um, like catchphrases come out at inopportune times, or at least they just sort of pop up in my brain uh, for no apparent reason. You are know, you, mathematical. Are you about like, to tell say, me? Are you about to tell me that you're like you imagine yourself as like an adventure boy walking around with a backpack sometimes? Well, you know, I I don't I keep the go bag in the car. Okay, but you know I don't go that far. <laughs> okay, sorry, you're saying you, sh you shout mathematical from time to time. Yeah, it's one of those shows where it's happened to me with a bunch of shows. Most notably, I think Upright Citizens Brigade, where certain lines just seem appropriate in all kinds of contexts. And uh, <laughs> Adventure Time is is has become one of those shows for me. So. 
I was just curious if if it was starting to crop up in your everyday life as well. But yeah, I would you know. say I would say everyday life, but like I'm certainly I I have like a I think it's just the tinge of like being part of the tribe. Like I think that's like I have yeah. like a positive like hey I know that thing now. That's kind of the feeling I've got right now. All right. Well, you know, you're only 20 episodes in, so you got a long ways to go, and pretty soon you'll only be thinking about Finn and Jake 24-7. All right. Once I get to the end of episode season one here, then you beat me into the gang or something, right? Yes. You you actually have to get bitten by Marceline. <laughs> let's get me there. Let's 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 move me on. I want to I want my I want my bridging ceremony from Weeblows to Boy Scouts in the uh, in the Adventure Time world here, so we got to keep moving on this episodes if we're going to get me there. Yeah, I think so. This week we're looking at two episodes from season one, episodes nineteen and twenty. Uh, the first one, episode nineteen, is called the Duke. The Duke, yes. I'm going to say right off the bat, like womp womp, big sad trombone for me on this episode. I was not a fan of this one at all. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So go ahead and uh, give your biased recounts of what happened in the episode then. Yeah, so super, super heavy-handed episode in terms of like the plot devices and things like that. What happens, is, the way I see it is Finn and Jake open the episode and they're, they're playing in the dry moat around Princess Bubblegum's ca- uh, castle, Candyland Palace, I believe is what we call it. and That's the official term. Right. And they are... Killing time, having fun, throwing potion bottles at the wall of the moat and seeing what pops out when they break the bottles, which tend to be phantoms or other magical spirits. Sometimes one of them was like a, a group of magical cats. They seem to be random potions. No, no real rhyme or reason to why they're doing it. Just, just cool to break bottles. Yeah, they've got a they've got a wheelbarrow full of them. So yeah. I think it's kind of like you know if you're. You know, if you work at a supermarket and they let you uh, throw the pumpkins at the dumpster or something. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and and they're chatting around and just plant, just palling around, and then but then they see someone run out of the castle, and Princess Bubblegum comes running and shouting after this person, calling him the Duke, saying, "You get out of here, Duke! Like never come back." Just, or, I can't remember exactly, but it's basically like, "You get the heck out of here." Yeah, she's furious. Yeah. And they kind of go like, huh, wonder what that was. And then Jake picks up a boomerang-shaped bottle and says, hey, look at this one. I wonder, let's see if it flies. And he throws it, and it does fly like a boomerang, but it it backfires on him because it flies around and then it comes back, but not back to him. It comes back and flies through the window of the castle of the Candyland Palace, and you hear it break, and then you hear Princess Bubblegum scream. So you know it's hit her, and whatever potion was inside of it has affected her. Yeah, there's some kind of collateral consequence yeah. to what Finn yeah. has just done. Yeah, but what, we, what, what immediately happens is the princess yells out of the window at this mystery Duke character and, and it immediately assumes that the person who threw the bottle was him, the person she was already mad at. And says, "I'll never forgive this for you, for, or you, you'll be sorry, or something." Just, just immediately assumes it's the Duke, and this Duke guy who was kind of hanging around behind a tree runs away completely. And now Finn and Jake have to go up, and they say, "Oh man, she thinks it was that guy who threw it, but it was us. Maybe we should go tell her that it was us." 
So mostly Finn. Mostly Finn. Jake is like kind of just like yeah or not. Like he's just sort of like eh, maybe we don't. Yeah, I I think we we start to see here, and we've seen a little bit before, but. Where where Finn has sort of a a black and white moral conscience, Jake is a lot more easygoing. Yeah, easygoing to irresponsible. I would I would say for Jake, but in any case, Finn Finn is you know uh, understandably he's conflicted, uh, upset, yeah, and and you know his of course immediate instinct is to not let an innocent person go down for something that he has done. So he wants to run up there and tell Princess Bubblegum. Yeah, so he does. He goes up there. He he's a gonna teller. But she, he goes up there and sees what the potion has done. It's turned her into a green, bald, disfigured princess. Yeah, she's a mess. Yeah, and she's furious. And she's just ranting and raving about, about this duke and how she's, she's never going to forgive him because tonight is the royal gathering of all the royals in the land of Ooh. And she's going to look like a horrible monster at this thing and she says she he did it on purpose and she she wants Finn she said I'll never forgive him I'll never forgive him ever ever again I'll hate him forever and that's Finn's listening to this whole rant and is getting cold feet about telling her because he all of a sudden says thinks well if the princess is going to hate this duke forever for throwing the bottle then if she if he tells her it's him then theoretically the princess will hate Finn forever. Yeah, and she actually makes it fairly explicit when I at some point she says, you know, and it's not just because he's such a bad guy. I would never forgive anyone who did this to me. And right. I think that uh, definitely discourages Finn from coming forward. Right. Uh, and it pretty much seals the deal for Jake that they shouldn't. Finn is still kind of conflicted, and Jake's just like, nope, don't tell her. I, I think we should include at this point that Jake, when he first sees Princess Bubblegum, cracks up uncontrollably. Yeah. And and cannot get a hold of himself. <laughs> yeah, Jake is being the jerk of this episode. He and Finn, though, kind of have a little sidebar conversation about what they should do. And they decide, maybe, maybe we should hold off on telling her that it was them. Uh, and then Princess Bubblegum in her rage, demands that Finn, I think she calls Finn her her perfect hero or something like that, like just reiterates mm-hmm. how uh, infallible he is and uh, says, you know, says basically tells him, I want you to hunt down the Duke and throw him in the dungeon for revenge. And Finn and Jake go, okay, Will do. And Finn is Finn is still conflicted, but he's really doesn't want to make Princess Bubblegum mad, so he's he's gonna go off and try to figure out this this predicament while on the hunt for the Duke, who I think at this point we learn his full name is the Duke of Nuts. Yeah, at some point we do learn that his name is the Duke of Nuts, and so they, they head off for the Yeah. The the castle of nuts. I don't know if a Duke gets to have a castle or what, but yeah, the so Nut Manor, maybe I don't know. Sure, yeah, the Downton Abbey of nuts. So I want to stop here because I mean, like thirty seconds into this episode, we have this like contrived way, and this is this is me and my. I said I didn't like this episode. This really contrived like moral story 
that we're going to see. I mean, it's like we are clearly going – we're here for to learn a lesson. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's and, not It's yeah. not subtle. No, it is not. And it also just was like – I don't know. It felt – I don't know what the word. It just felt too. It, it can be contrived. I mean, it's a cartoon. I'm 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 willing to like let cartoons be easy easy going on like on their on their watchers. But I don't know. It just felt really really forced on this one for me. Anyway, I, I did like parts of the episode, so I'm not going to be a downer the whole time. But let's move on. We. We get to the uh, the road, basically. Jake and Finn are walking. They're hunting for the Duke of Nuts, and they get to the his house, his manor. And we get to see, in my opinion, the best character of the whole episode, which is the Duke of Nuts' wife. <laughs> Voiced by... Why am I blanking on her name? She's in all the other episodes, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's Maria Bamford. Yeah, yeah. Maria Bamford. Yeah. Uh, yeah, voiced by Maria Bamford in one of her crazier voices. And I just think, I thought, I loved the the Duchess of Nuts, I think, is her title. Yeah, she, I loved her as well. I think that she's she's just another plot device where, you know, she basically provides evidence of how great the Duke is. Uh, and yeah. why why Finn should be having second thoughts, but the way that she does it is so bizarre. Uh-huh. Uh And and I would I would go ahead and say pathological. Yeah, she is unnecessarily insane about it, and she hates him for whatever reason. She hates him, and so the whole the exposition along these of this of this whole episode is Jake is. <laughs> we talked about confirmation bias at the beginning of the episode. Jake is looking for confirmation that the Duke is a bad guy because that will justify pinning this crime on him. And he's he's uh, kind of trying to find that evidence. Oh, yeah. and he's, he's sort of doing some some uh, logical loop-de-loops to reach that conclusion. Right. While Finn is sort of looking for reasons to exonerate him and figure out is this is, if, and prove that he's a good guy and then put the onus back on Finn to tell the truth. But the, yeah, the Duchess of Nuts, just like insane and just talking about how the, the Duke is, used to be a good guy and used to kiss babies and pet puppies, but now is somehow horrible. I didn't even really understand why he was horrible now. But, yeah, it actually, it really read like a Maria Bamford improv to me. Yeah, just kind of off the wall. So then with this newfound knowledge, oh, the other joke in this scene that I really liked was Jake just walks up and like to eats one of the, eats a nut out of one of the bowls of nuts all around the house. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, shoot, should I should have asked first if these are her eggs, <laughs> which I thought was like gross and hilarious. Um but then uh, they're still hunting for the Duke. They're in the land of nuts. Oh, like the can we say like the Duke's house is like super phallic, right? Like, is there like a is there like a double entendre nut joke happening in this episode? Uh, yes, I I think so. There very well could be. Yeah, uh, that's we don't have to like dive into a, uh, we don't have to dive into it. But yeah, no, I don't <laughs> think that's a stretch. All right. So anyway. The rest of the time they're in the land of nuts. They they then find, they decide okay we're gonna we're gonna hunt this duke down, 
two people now, two people hate him, the princess and this other lady, so there's got to be something to him being a bad guy. So we're going to find him and question him. They track him down, and they tackle him, but it turns out that it's not the Duke of Nuts, it's the Marquis de Nuts, (laughs) which is his son. Uh, Who's just a little peanut. Who's a little peanut, but is a little pathological himself, takes after his mom, apparently. And uh, is is swearing vengeance, and swearing like he will, he will, uh, he will attack anyone who is trying to capture the Duke of Nuts. At this point, the Duke of Nuts reveals himself because he doesn't want his son to be hurt, and so you know he reveals himself and says, "No, I'm the Duke of Nuts. You've got the wrong guy." And then he has a very poignant moment with his son, and this is proof of proof to Finn. That as a good father, this means he's probably a good guy, and therefore it doesn't make sense that they should be capturing him. Jake is still trying uh, to like work, work his angle of the Duke being a bad guy and says something like, you know, just because he's a great father doesn't mean he's a good person. <laughs> and, Which is a very, very valid thing yeah, to say, actually. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, you can be certainly selfishly wonderful to your own children and a jerk to other people. That's possible. But even even Jake, as he's saying it, can kind of it's kind of I think like uh, I'm I'm out on a limb here, um, right? Because the evidence in front of him is that not only is the Duke a good father, but he's also a very gentle person. So I think then then they start talking to the Duke, and it becomes clear very quickly that the Duke is in fact a good guy. And now Finn is Finn is convinced he's a good guy, and they can't they can't bring him in under a crime for a crime he didn't commit. So he tells the Duke the whole story about why they're there and the predicament they're in. And the Duke, being probably overly good, says, "You know, says I totally understand, and maybe you should just turn me in, since she hates me already." Oh, and and yeah, we should add that <clears throat> the reason that that. Princess Bubblegum actually hates the Duke. Right. Independent of the uh, green potion is that he, and he admits this to Finn and Jake, he routinely raids the stores of pudding in the Candy Kingdom. Right. uh, Because as as he put it, he has a pudding deficiency. Right. It's a medical condition. He has a rare pudding deficiency, which I I think I have too, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. So he can't stop himself from eating pudding. He essentially eats all the pudding in the kingdom every time he visits and this just this is enrages the the princess but the princess doesn't know about his condition he's kept his medical condition a secret this whole time but he's such a great guy that he's willing to go take a fall for everything yep because why not it, you know she hates me already and maybe i deserve it as i think he says but if this finn says no this we can't do that and he says, you know what, maybe I've got a plan that can save all of our reputations. So now he puts into he puts his plan into action, which is to uh, meet the princess on in her carriage on the road to the royal gathering of the land of Ooh. And he jumps out in the middle of the road and tells her that there is an assassin in the area that is hell-bent on capturing her and killing her. So I I think that I should kind of 
point out here, I, I really saw this as just like a classic sitcom, you know, uh-oh, I've messed up. Well, I've realized the error of my ways, but I am going to construct some sort of elaborate plan so that I don't have to actually own up to what I've done. Yeah. Yeah, this is a... Yeah, I think you're right. This is a sitcom-like device. He's got this whole elaborate plan, and the, the gist of it is he's gonna he's telling this princess there's an assassin in the area, and then Jake plays the assassin... And he jumps out and shouts as much. He jumps out and goes, hey, I'm an assassin. He's not a great actor. Both um, of them are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> they pretend to fight. Jake pretends to win or overpowered Finn for a little bit. And Jake jumps up onto the carriage and then says, oh, wait, I'm here to capture and kill Princess Bubblegum. This isn't Princess Bubblegum because she's green and bald. I must have the wrong princess. I'm out of here and leaves. And then the final piece of this puzzle and, and plot is then the Duke of Nuts comes out and says, see there at, by, by disfiguring the princess temporarily, I have saved her from this plot to kill her. And by, and there, so thereby I am, I am her hero or something like that right he he has redeemed himself yeah. he has redeemed himself even though he may not have meant to uh turn her green or maybe he did but either way right he says since i turned you green that assassin didn't recognize you and so here i am the great guy the duke of nuts and right. that is not effective yeah the princess has been sitting there this whole time trying to talk to finn and jake because she recognizes them both painfully aware of what's going on right and it's just like what was that they realize that the plot has not worked the, the little trick play has not worked so then finn has to own up to the issue at hand which is the the fact that she's green so and it's his fault and it's his fault so he does and he explains i didn't want to tell you because you had said that whoever did it you said whoever did it you would hate them forever. And Princess Bubblegum has a, has her moment of clarity and sees that perhaps she was harsh to say such a thing and says, you know, I could never hate you forever, Finn. But she does say, I still hate the Prince of du the, the, the Duke of Nuts because she, he always steals my pudding. And then Finn says, Finn, Finn reveals the, the condition that the Duke has, the medical condition. And now the princess feels even feels worse because now she realizes, oh, I've been basically screaming at a a medical patient for having a medical condition. But then they're still faced with the problem. She's still green, and she still has to go to this royal gathering. Oh, right. <laughs> then she says, maybe I. Ha then she thinks of an idea and says, maybe I have a way to to fix this. Snap cut to the royal gathering of the royal houses of Ooh. And Princess Bubblegum, quote-unquote, is going to address the group. And who should turn around but both Finn and Jake dressed as Princess Bubblegum, which I think is In great. wigs. In wigs, which I think is great. Like, they both were there. Right. Like, somehow that was deceiving enough. How does it even end? 
Well, so so Finn basically starts reading a script that he obviously cannot comprehend. Oh, right. Yeah, there was a small there was a small B plot that we kind of jumped over. Yeah, so so Finn is reading this script that he cannot comprehend and then we get sort of a little callback bit of excitement. There there is a there's an underlying conversation during the episode between Finn and Jake about like whether or not it's okay to f- confess to the princess and just let her hate them. Jake is like completely okay with. She, he's kind of like it's fine. It's fine if someone hates you. Uh, then he says like lots of people hate me. And this is this is my very favorite, most funny part of the entire episode. <laughs> they cut to jump cuts, whatever uh, cutaway. That's what I'm looking for. They cut away. To- yeah, it's kind of a uh, kind of a Family Guy type. Yeah, uh, it's totally it's a Family Guy cutaway. But I mean, not that they own the cutaway, but they certainly do use it to a great extent yeah but to the extent that jake says something sort of innocuous you know well lots of people hate me and then they jump to something completely absurd to explain the reference that jake just made yeah yeah no it's 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 i think we can say it's like it's it's a family guide thing (laughs) the thing that they jump to is a squirrel reading a holographic newspaper which i think is awesome who, where apparently Jake is a featured columnist. Right, he seems and, to have an advice column. Yeah, and and the squirrel is like shouting at the newspaper, saying, uh, Jake, why won't you publish my letters? Why do you never publish my letters? And then he like punches the hologram and is just like furious with Jake for never having published one of the squirrel's letters to the to the advice column. So that's the first time we see the squirrel. Yeah, so we then we just see... jump back into the plot, and then... Yeah, and, and then... Well, we see the squirrel a second time. Yep. Uh, where they are... I don't even remember what... I think they were... At the time, they met the Duke, and they were talking to him. When they go off to do their... After that, they go off to do their sort of little charade in front of the princess. As they leave the scene, we zoom in on like a little letter leaning next to the log they were sitting on addressed to jake and back in the bushes you see the squirrels saying pick up the letter pick up my letter and jake completely doesn't completely ignores it and walks past it and and the squirrel flies into a second rage (laughs) so let's bring it all the way back to the end of the episode we were trying to remember how it ended and as finn is trying to read this speech all of a sudden one of the people one of the royals to his, next to him reveals that it's not a royal it's it's the marquis de nut again wearing a costume and he's there to avenge his father and then the even the like the head mc of the whole event also reveals himself to be someone in a costume and it's the squirrel <laughs> and they both scream something about vengeance and leap in the air towards Finn and Jake, and they we freeze frame as as they do, and and end the episode right before whatever fracas was about to start uh, gets going. Right. So maybe Finn and Jake got what was coming to him after all. But in any case, that's how the episode ends. And and I I, I see where you're at with um it, it was it was very heavy handed. And here's my main my main problems with it are it was. It was a moral story. It was a, it was a moral lesson learning one, and it, but it was a moral lesson that I don't think advanced their characters in any real way. Like sometimes the morals they learn advance. Like you see Finn and Jake advance in some way. This was like a 
like, you know, whether or not to fess up to something was, I don't know, like didn't seem like it advanced them in any way. So I wasn't like super interested in like them learning this particular lesson. So that was one of my main problems. I think the other one was that they used way too much like talking to describe like what they were going to do instead of just doing like, I think they made a, I think they missed a big opportunity with the whole like the Marquis de Nut or the Duke of Nuts eating a ton of pudding. Like he's just describing how much pudding he's got, he always eats. I think that would have been funny to see even as a cutaway or something. I think they missed opportunities for just like visual gags yep. that they could have taken advantage of. So anyway, it was a dud for me. I love the Duchess of Nuts though. Like laughed my head off at her. She was like completely insane. I don't know. Total fan. Yeah, Duchess of Nuts is great. I really, really loved the squirrel. <laughs> Just the idea that there's someone out there who who hates Jake that much, and it's because of all reasons he won't publish uh, his letters in the advice column. Yeah. But actually, I, I thought that the squirrel was really, um, had sort of a, a an identify, a feeling that you could identify with in that, particularly in the second, the second time uh, when the squirrel throws the letter or floats the letter over towards Jake and Jake just ignores it. The squirrel is having this, this feeling, which I think plenty of people have had where you hate this person and it's even more hateful and less bearable because that person won't acknowledge that you exist. Yeah. Being in a fight with someone that doesn't know you're in a fight is infuriating. Exactly. And I think we see the squirrel just start to slowly lose his mind over that. Yeah. So I, I, I really liked the squirrel. There are a couple of things where in watching this a bunch of times, probably I have read a lot into it, but I actually, while the lesson that they learn, you know, oh, you know, you should be honest, and if you make a mistake, fess up, and probably your your friend is going to forgive you. Uh, that's, yeah, you're right. That's boring stuff. But I actually thought that we got a little bit more into the theme here of Finn trying to figure out whether and how the world is something other than black and white. And he is really considering, and he does for a lot of the episode, he's considering not telling princess bubblegum what he's done and he also spends a lot of time trying to figure out whether the duke of nuts is evil and part of the way you're right and it's not even it's like is he evil enough to pin a crime on exactly exactly and yeah but but to finn to finn it's either he is evil or he's not and if he's not if he is evil well then if he goes to jail no matter what it doesn't matter but if he's not evil, then he shouldn't be punished for any of this stuff. I think Jake has obviously a, a a different approach to that, which is just kind of, well, Jake kind of tells Finn, you know, well, look, Princess Bubblegum says he's evil, so he probably is. And even if he didn't commit this particular crime, it's okay to go ahead and throw him in jail, which is a statement that you hear a little bit too much, even though it sort of explicitly goes against the sort of foundational criminal justice approach of our society, which is, you know, you can be as bad a person as you want, but we have to prove that you've committed this specific crime before we will punish you for it. You know, you don't just get thrown in jail because you're a bad person. Right. And I I thought that that was... That was sort of interesting. It raised the question to me of what makes someone evil, and also 
in Finn's world, is there a gray area between good and evil? Up until the very end, well, I suppose we find out um, eventually that the Duke is doing this because he has this uncontrollable urge, which to me that, so again, I've been watching too many of these episodes. To me, that sounded like uh, a person with a substance abuse disorder doing things that are out of character and he otherwise wouldn't do just to get at whatever it is that he needs. So yeah. that's another too deep reading that I had. But also this this struggle that Finn has to figure out how evil is evil enough to pin something on someone and is there someone who is just plain evil and therefore deserving of any punishment, or do you actually need evidence of someone being evil? Eventually, he figures yeah, out okay. that. Eventually, he figures out that the Duke has has stolen this pudding, but he doesn't really react like, "Aha, you're so evil." That's that's the way that we're we're going to get you. Finn still, after that, can't quite justify calling the uh, the Duke of Nuts evil, and so to me, this gets to like sort of a a big philosophical question, which is, well, A, what makes someone evil, and B, who decides? So it to to transpose Princess Bubblegum into the role of God in some ancient, probably Greek, sort of philosophical query. Yes. Go for it. What are we doing? Do it. <laughs> yeah. So so here's the question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, so what is evil? Is someone evil just because Princess Bubblegum says they are evil? Or is there an objective evil that exists in the world and that Princess Bubblegum recognizes as evil? Huh. So Finn's in this situation where Princess Bubblegum has said, go get him, he's terrible. But Finn sees no evidence of that. And his whole existence up to this point has been running around kicking butt against evil guys and doing whatever Princess Bubblegum says because there's never been any doubt that if she has told him to do it, he's going to be beating up an evil guy. But all of a sudden, it's like, well, wait a minute. What does this really mean? And I, I kind of thought that it, it got into that gray area for Finn where he's trying to figure out what it means to be a hero. Does he have to be 100% honest and pure all the time you know can he still be a hero after he goes and arrests the duke of nuts and doesn't fess up to his crime just because uh we think the duke of nuts is evil yeah okay i'll give you this this all right so there's there's a level here that i didn't get to i think that i am on totally on board with you that this the duke of nuts is certainly an allegory for a substance abuse abuser of some kind or someone with a substance abuse addiction. And yeah. And to see, to see that kind of person be scapegoated for crimes they may or may not have committed. In this case, we know they didn't commit it, but in the eyes of princess bubblegum, the justice, the justice system. Well, right. And she just, she just assumes that he's committed it. Right, because of previous perceived transgressions that she she really just has circumstantial evidence. She doesn't have the full picture. But she becomes 100% certain that he's guilty. Yeah, and then he becomes, he turns in, he turns from a person who has committed a guilt, committed a guilty act in her eyes to a, to a generally guilty person 
who is capable who is now capable of anything in her mind capable of dis disfigurement or or attacks directly upon her person exactly and, uh, yeah okay yeah and i think we can agree that there is a lot of that that occurs in our justice system and i think that it's up to everyone who ever finds themselves in a position of enforcing a law to figure out you know i mean this is something that i wrestle with you know my job is to work with laws but a lot of times laws suck and so i got to figure out am i going to go ahead and go along with this law slash use this law that i know is bad to accomplish a good end you know i certainly am well past the point where i consider anybody that the government says is bad is bad you know i think that laughing in a congressional hearing probably shouldn't get you locked up uh not to bring in too many (laughs) contemporary references to this podcast that will get released we don't know when right but uh yeah you know i think that we all have to answer that question of what exactly is it that makes someone evil and when do we believe that they're evil and is there even such a thing as evil or are there just bad acts that we need to correct yeah and i think at the end the show decides, the show's answer is that one must decide for themselves. That at least, even if, this is, even if these are difficult questions for, to answer, relying on the conclusion of someone else is likely not the best course of action. Absolutely. Okay, so, lesson learned from the Duke. Bigger than, than we might have thought. Um, any characters in there that we haven't seen yet that stuck out to you besides the Duchess of Nuts? What do you think about the Duke of Nuts? Do you think that he is any kind of actual character? So I was thinking about it. I was like, will we see this guy again? He feels just like a plot. He's so... He feels like a plot device kind of character to me that he'll show up just to, like... I don't know, advance a story in some way. But he... I don't know. Like, he... He seems pretty one-dimensional to me, that he is just, he is very acquiescing and timid and and gentle to a fault. Yes. And I wasn't, I'm not sure if he is, if he's going to like develop beyond that. Yeah. So coming at it from where I am, I, I'm pretty sure I remember seeing the Duke of Nuts again, but I don't remember whether he i think that he is a character who has a lot of potential for change like if he gets over the whole uh pudding addiction sure then he'll have more time to spend with the marquis de nut maybe he can rekindle his 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 love affair with the duchess of nut wife yeah and maybe he can grow up to be a uh a, a you know a, a solid ruler for the uh the duchy of nuts i don't know what what does a duke rule we'll have to look that up yeah. I, uh... we'll call it the duchy i i think that that's almost certainly wrong but there's a pop song from the 80s about that so we'll call it the duchy of nuts <laughs> Wait, are you talking about past the duchy yes past i am the pa- duchy on the left hand side i think that's talking about a joint man yes it is I, oh i know <laughs> i was gonna let that go unspoken <laughs> Oh, all right. I was just gonna, I was just gonna let just people believe almost... that I that I knew I had heard it from some music somewhere, and so I was gonna oh. say Duchy. But yes, uh, it, it, as as urban you... legend uh, <laughs> slash actual fact would have it, uh, past the Duchy is is about um, a marijuana cigarette. So, it, <laughs> which is my you know maybe that was say. maybe that was I the Duchess saying... of Nuts problem. She was in there, you know, smoking some of that bad Too stuff many... makes you paranoid. 
too many duchies. Yeah, I love saying marijuana cigarette, by the way. That's my favorite way to describe smoking weed. <laughs> marijuana <laughs> cigarette. Anywho, okay, so I just wanted to clear. I really, I was, for a second I thought, wait, does he think, does he think that was about some sort of land holding? Yes, <laughs> yes. There's a, uh, what is it, Menudo or some other, like, even yeah. even more third world group seeing about, like, yeah. past the largest state. <laughs> yeah, they're just, past, it's on your left-hand side. It's, they're, like, giving a tour. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, see, and then I was even imagining them like conveying the large estate from one singer to another as they sat around. Oh, no, no, no. As I no, recall in the along. video, they're like sitting around a pot or something. I don't know. Anyway. Nah, it's about driving down the road and there's a whole, there's a whole land holding okay, on Okay, right. Left. Okay, on the left-hand yeah. side is the duchy. <laughs> yeah. We're passing uh-huh. it. Gotcha. The, All right. And on the right-hand side, you'd see a river. Uh, okay, I, we have gotten... Way long on this episode. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're a little off the reservation, and we certainly have talked about a uh, an episode that you up front said that you did not like for quite a while. Maybe and maybe that was the problem. Maybe I started off too strong. <laughs> I forced you in. I forced you to defend it. Well, uh, I was going to talk about all that nonsense anyway. All right, so let's move on to the second episode that we watched this week, which is called "The Freaks." Freak City. Freak City. Yes, Freak City. This episode, let's do a quick recap of the plot so we can get to the, any details we want to get to. I think this plot gist, can be uh, recapped pretty quickly, actually. The gist is Finn and Jake walking down a road. They come upon a strange-looking beggar who asks for food. Finn whispers to Jake because he's, he's read fairy tales before, apparently. He says, hey, you know what? Maybe this isn't an actual beggar. Maybe it's a magic person in disguise, and we if we help them, then we'll get something cool. So he reaches into his bag, pulls out a sugar cube, and gives it to the beggar to eat. And the beggar takes the food, eats it, and then in fact does reveal himself to be a self-described magic man who can do all sorts of neat tricks. And Jake and Finn are super excited because, oh man, we're going to get something great. But the magic man... The thing he gives them is he turns Finn into a giant foot. So I he's just I think yeah. it's important to point out here that, you know, the magic man explodes out of the costume and he, and he has this sort of like ebullient manner to him, but the first thing that we see him do is a bird comes twittering down and lands on his finger and then he looks at it and he kind of snaps and it turns inside out. <laughs> yeah, that was disgusting. Yeah, so yes. that was like the first clue that, oh, well, maybe this isn't the friendly elf that we were expecting. Right, that is true. They do get a quick, they get a quick preview of what's maybe to come. And what is to come is, like I said, he turns Finn into a giant foot. So like, it's like Finn, Finn's body is now just one enormous foot. Yeah, it's and, kind of a foot with a cankle, and he kind of sticks yeah. out the front of the bottom of the shin. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, and, it looks really shorts, uncomfortable. Like his shorts are around two of the yes. toes. <laughs> um, and Finn is just like, this is awful. And the magic man, as he disappears, says something to the fact of like, you need to learn your lesson, and I'm, you know, about me being a jerk even like says I'm a jerk or something like that and like disappears and it leaves Finn and Jake there. Finn is distraught. He is, he hasn't, he doesn't know what to do. Jake is actually pretty happy. Jake's like, this is awesome. 
you're a foot man like you can kick butt harder than you've ever kicked before i think he just says yeah jake's not upset at all jake thinks it's great like jake thinks we should go do stuff now that you're a foot and finn is just like no we gotta find that magic man and get me turned back this is horrible but jake keeps trying to convince him no don't worry about it. like this is a cool this is a cool development like this will be great so finn is kind of finn doesn't know what to do so he's just going along with jake jake takes him along a few takes takes him to do a few foot related pranks basically one of which is to put finn at the end of a catapult and wait for monsters to walk by and set off set the catapult in motion by stepping on a trigger and that th- that launches Finn in his foot body directly into the crotch of the monster it's just a, bu- a series of crotch kicking jokes we keep going and then they come to a they, they they see a burning building a burning village rather and they realize we've got to save anybody we can in there Finn is like wants to help but can't in this body and Jake says no it's great like I'll just toss you in there so Jake does, tosses him in to this burning village. Finn can't do a thing. He lands and can't do a single thing. All he can do is fall over, and then he starts getting burned by the burning village. And then he shouts for help, and the villagers turn and look at him, and it all turn against him, and they say, it's another one of those freaks. He must have started the fires. Let's get him. So they carry him out of the village and throw him under a bridge, which apparently is where they've thrown all the other freaks, which we don't haven't met yet. Right. But, now, I, I yeah. cannot let you talk about those villagers, particularly after uh, your mention of the phallic nature of the Duke of Nuts's castle in the previous episode, without noting that those villagers are penises. I had, really? That's incredible. I did not notice that at all. Oh, so... Take 10 seconds, go back, watch that scene. They, uh, at least their heads, like their heads are are, are penises. <laughs> it's, I, I don't think that there's any other way to see those. Like I kind of tried. Uh, they're dicks for sure. Okay. So homework for you know, me then. Fine. Yeah. You know, you, you saw, you saw a penis in a castle that involved nuts I went ahead and just saw penises in some random dude's heads. So, okay, there's where we are. Fair enough. So let's. Uh, so we're in this. We're under a bridge, and now Finn and Jake meet a cast aside group of freaks who are all living under the bridge, led by a giant eyeball. Kind of basically looks like the Billy Crystal character from Monsters Inc., but like kind of grosser. Yeah, no arms or legs. <laughs> yes. And they and then they meet a bunch of other things inside, who are all different body parts, and it, it's revealed that they are all victims of the same magic man. And there's an arm, and I wish I remember. It's it, there's an arm named Trudy, and then another arm, and the other arm. They're all these. I think they're all voiced by Maria Bamford again. But there's one that just murmurs that I I laughed every time she murmured as she was <laughs> kissing one, the kissing the the empty can. Like, but like every every response she gives, just like her. I just <laughs> thought <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing, um, and I think it's just Marie Bamford. They just did like just be weird. 
and she said, you can do. Yeah, I actually just watched her new stand-up special, and, and many of those voices seem to make an appearance there, which, yeah. you know, a lot of her stand-up is, is voices and characters, and, and yeah. Uh, yeah, the... I, th- I think Trudy and some of the other freaks, and I think the witch as well, shows up in in uh, Maria Bamford's, which it's very good. Her her very good recent Netflix special. All right, fair enough. So anyway, Finn and Jake meet these people, meet these freaks, and they're all super depressed. They all just live under this bridge and don't do anything. And Finn Finn wants to find the magic man and, and get revenge, but they all are just like, nah. And so then, and Jake is kind of okay with it too. Jake's like, oh, this is all these. Again, Jake kind of just goes with the flow and kind of doesn't care and says, like, yeah, let's just live under this bridge. That'll be awesome. And he just, like, lays back in a pile of trash and lets a bunch of rats cover him. Yeah, I think actually, like, Finn says, you can't just lay here in trash with rats crawling all over you. And Jake just kind of says, I think I'm going to lay here in this trash and let rats crawl over me. (laughs) Right. So then Finn, he's being worn down. He's getting more and more depressed about his situation. And he's, he's... he says, all right, well, maybe maybe I am just going to be a foot for the rest of my life and I'll just lay here and live here. And he falls asleep. But in his, in, he falls asleep and immediately starts dreaming. And he has a dream song. It's a great song. It's a very auto-tuned but very Finn song. Yeah, he, I, I, th- I think Finn has not regurgitated the computer from the earlier episode. Right. Finn basically sings his predicament in very literal terms like... Maybe I'll just live my life like this. But wait. But then he quickly decides, no, I don't want to live my life like this. So he wakes up in a, and is, is energized and is he's determined to go find the magic man. And he wants the rest of the freaks to go with him. The rest of the freaks are still super depressed. They don't want to do it. So he does finally use his foot body to his advantage, kicks them all out of the cave and kicks them into gear, I suppose, in, in a metaphorical speaking. And he form, he he starts he by kicking them into a pile. He fortuitously discovers that, in fact, hey, since we're all body parts, if we stacked ourselves together, we could actually form one body that functions as a single unit and work as a team and go find the magic man, which energizes the rest of the freaks. They're all on board now. And they go, and they immediately find the magic man. He's just hanging outside the bridge, or outside the cave. He is there, and they they immediately engage in battle. He is dancing around. He's not really getting hurt. He's, he's still telling them that they still need to learn their lesson. And finally, they pin him down, and they just say... I think Finn says something to the fact of, like, you're just... Like, I don't even know why I wanted... Like, I don't even know why I helped you. You're just a jerk. Exactly. And, then, and the man, the magic man says, you finally learned your lesson. And he turns them all back into their regular forms and disappears. Then And they, then we kind of have some wrap-up where Finn thinks about, like, what was the lesson? And and the, the, the rest of the freaks who are now back to their normal selves decide that they're going to stick together as a single... They're going to stay together as a single fighting unit and walk off. But we're left with, like, Finn is wrestling with the idea of, like, what was this lesson? And I think they kind of land on, like, maybe it's not worth to help, worth it to help jerks. 
I guess is the lesson to be learned, but they don't really know, right? Like, and right. maybe I want to ask you, like, is is that the lesson that they're trying, they're they're supposed to learn here? Yeah, well, I I thought that th- that this episode actually kind of goes, kind of improves upon the the hammer over the head episode that we were supposed to learn last lesson, where actually during that confrontation with with Magic Man, Finn actually says, "Oh, because uh, at one point the Magic Man." in trying to discredit or just anger or yell at Finn says, whatever, you know, you're just trying to do the right thing so that you'll get what you want because Finn's trying to not be a foot anymore. And then Finn right. goes, Oh, I see. So what you're saying is that because I thought that maybe I would get magic powers from that, uh, from that sugar cube that I gave to you, what I need to learn is that I should just give things to people who need them without the hope right. of a reward. And the magic right. sounds like, nope, acts. that's not it, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Altruism is not the lesson. Right. And so the lesson simply is magic man is a real jerk. And right. uh, so I think that the lesson of this episode, if not to Finn and Jake, certainly to us, is that maybe there isn't a good lesson. Okay. Not uh, not every bad person, not every trial that you face in your life is necessarily going to have you come out on the other end of it thinking like, boy, I sure learned a lot from that. Sometimes you just meet jerks. Sometimes bad things just happen to you, and sometimes it's because bad people yeah. do them to you. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that is exactly it. I would... Uh, I was... I was left scratching my head wondering what, what lesson they were supposed to learn, but you're right. I think it was just some people are jerks. And so uh, new character check-in. I, I will tell you, and it doesn't spoil anything, to say that Magic Man will return. Okay. Uh, so what do you think of that guy? Oh, I think he's funny. He's creepy, but funny. Yeah, he's creepy in that sort of like, a clown is smiling at you, but doing mean slash evil things to you kind of way. Right. Someone that's always smiling and the smile becomes almost a mask that you don't know what the real, what the real motion uh, emotions are behind that. Yeah. He's, he's bright yellow. He jumps around. He has sort of this happy voice, Mm -hmm. but he, there's, there's nothing good about him. He's, uh, (laughs) he's not out there trying to use his powers for good. That's for sure. He's more of an element of chaos than anything I would say. Yeah, element of chaos. I like that. Yeah, that's what he is. Well, uh, so I, I gave my opinion of the first episode. For th- I would say I like this one better, but as a whole, I didn't. I really liked our discussion here today, but as of when I was yes. watching, when I was watching them, <laughs> when I was watching them, I was not a fan. So all right, so here we go. I think this may be the first time where it's ever actually come to pass that. Pat has convinced Ben to like something about Adventure Time. Yeah, okay. Uh, without without me just saying, hey, man, you'll like this. Let's watch it. I have managed to, via my 367 times watching each episode, come up with something that uh, may have convinced you that it was a little better than you thought. Yeah, so there were lessons to be learned here that I... I missed, or there were there was metaphors to be seen here that I think you're right on. I'm I think you definitely you read it the right way, and I saw it at a surface level as silliness. So, yeah, I think I think you've got you had a win here today because now <laughs> right because now I'm gonna question anytime I don't like it. 
if I see an episode I don't like, now I'm going to be worried like, oh, did, but did I miss something? Like now I'm going right. to have to watch it again or or really think more about it. Yeah, you've up until this point, I've felt pretty confident in my evaluation of this show. But now my foundation is shaken. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's okay. That's friendship, um, right? Just just breaking you got to break me down. That's a, that No, ex- well, see what it is 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 I'm I'm sharing profound insights with you to make you a better person. Nah, I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure what you're doing is you're just breaking me completely down and then you're just going <laughs> to build me up in whatever image you see fit. Uh, we got a lot of seasons of adventure time yeah. left for me to do that. Yeah. Uh all right. Well, for anyone listening, if if you if you had a similar uh core shaking experiences i did it's gonna be okay i'm all right i'm gonna be okay we will watch two more episodes next time one of which i have to disclose before we before we get to it one of the episodes that we watch next time is one of my very favorites Ooh, wow setting setting the bar high putting expectations out there and so if you don't like either one that's fine but i am gonna ask you to guess which one you thought was my favorite okay all right We'll do that. We'll start off the next episode with me guessing which is which was your favorite. All right. Well, this is something that we've been terrible about. So let me uh, make a point of thanking my my good friend Will Yates, who provided our uh, intro and outro music. That's a song called Date Night. It's from his EP called I Know the Feeling. You can find it at willyates.bandcamp.com. You can find it on Google Music or Spotify, which I believe may be the same thing soon. But in any case, Will's a great guy. He makes awesome music. Go check out his stuff. So uh, until next time, I've been Pat. I've been Ben. And this has been Podventure Time. I'll kill you and raise your children as my own. (laughs) 